Sea Devil. Coming straight for us. That's impossible. Madame Ching! Paraquid! Where's the crew? Not wheels. We don't stand a chance. Yes! Did you just stand up like this? You're like a kid sometimes. Thanks! Say hello to my crew. The world has been disrupted. Because of you. Because of what you unleashed. You want to create chaos. It is our time. Man the cannons. The ship is going down. The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to start this episode by welcoming Clarence Brown. Clarence, my friend, how are you? I am doing great, and having just listened to your guys' review of Sea Devils with the great Louis Trapani, I can't wait to talk about this episode tonight, so I'm doing well. Good. So did we prep you quite well? It sounds like we did for the Sea Devils and who they were and all that good stuff. Yeah, you guys covered all the bases and it was a rather entertaining listen. So rather enjoyed it. Awesome. But you know what? Lewis may have been the pitcher that won it for us, but the person who made the final home run on that episode was none other than Lee Shackelford. Wow, sports metaphors. Uh, <laughs> I know, and I'm not good at that. And I'm not even a good baseball person, so. Well, I, I always go for baseball, too, because that's as close as I'm going <laughs> to. I don't know. That's not true. I sometimes say five-yard line fumble. But uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but we're not talking about Legend of the Sea Devils yet, are we? <clears throat> Hi. Ooh. Hi, everybody. That was that was like spoilers. Interesting. But... Um, Yes, <laughs> getting ahead of myself. But yeah, good to uh, good to be here. Great to be talking Doctor Who again with the two of use. And uh, as I always like to say on this show, and indeed on any such podcast like this, uh, dear listener, whether you've been with us many times or if you're joining us for the first time, we're aware that you've got a lot of other things you could be doing right now, and you've chosen to to spend this time with us. So thank you, thank you for your time. Indeed. And I want to, once again, I know we just said this a moment ago, and I've said this in our previous episode, which was episode 273, but it is worth saying again, Louis Trapani, thank you for your time. This was an awesome episode to edit. I had, I think I had as much fun editing, putting it all together than I did actually recording. So thank you for your time if you are listening. And if you're not still, thank you for your time. And like Lee said, for everyone listening, thank you for your time. And be sure to stay until the end because we are going to give our thoughts on the teaser for the centennial or the centennial or some kind of special that's coming up <laughs> later this year for Doctor Who. So I want to take a concept that Clarence, that you have introduced on Discussing Trek, and I want to take it from the playbook of Discussing Trek because it's called Trek Trivia, and I want to start doing something that I want to call Do You Know Who? So here is my question. Mm. doesn't necessarily mean it's a person, but do you know who is in Doctor Who? <laughs> I don't want us to answer this on the air because I want to follow it up on the next episode. But do let me know yes. if you do know who the answer or what the answer is. Legends of the Sea Devils is the second Doctor Who Easter special in Doctor Who history. What was the first? Do either of you know the answer? If you do, please don't say it. But do you know the answer? I do. Awesome. And uh, and I read online that neither of them make reference to the holiday itself. But that's not true. That other one actually mm -hmm. did. So cool. So maybe that's a little bit of a maybe that's a little bit of a, a, a hint, a for little somebody, something but. to put in your Easter basket to take with you. 
Yes. Cool. So let me say it again. Legends of the Sea Devils is the second Doctor Who Easter special in Doctor Who history. What was the first? To answer, send us a tweet at Discussing Who on Twitter and be sure to use the hashtag Discussing Who. So, gentlemen, do you have any other items before we move into the review? Yesterday was the birthday of our pal David Tennant. Mm. And ah. thanks to IMDb, and I love the fact that they always do kind of a, a roster of all the people you know uh, who are in the database who have uh, have birthdays. Right next to him was Eric Roberts, who of course was the master in the TV movie from 1996. So I did not know that he and David Tennant were born on the same day, though not, of course, the same year. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. So happy birthday, you guys, to a doctor and a master. Indeed. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So Clarence, anything from you? Uh, nothing at all. Ready to talk it out. All right. Well, I am quite interested as to what you guys think. So I guess that means it's time for me to say, if you have not seen The Legend of the Sea Devils, put us on pause, go out, watch it, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too. Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review The Legend of the Sea Devils. This is the 2022 Doctor Who Easter special, first airing on the 17th of April, 2022. It starred Jodie Whittaker as the 13th Doctor, Mandip Gill as Yasmin Khan, and John Bishop as Dan Lewis. It features the first on-screen appearance of the Sea Devils since the Warriors of the Deep in 1984. So, summary view, Lee Shackelford, I am in, I am just dying to know. Summary view, what say <laughs> ye? It's an interesting mix. It's got so many things in it that I like, but... Um at the risk of quoting from the Shakespeare play that you're never supposed to quote from, it is full of sound and fury signifying mm. nothing. Mm. Mm. I'll, le I'll leave it at that. Mm. Clarence Brown, what say ye? So admittedly, when I first watched, or upon the first viewing, I made it about halfway through. I was very bored. Very bored. That being said, I think I enjoyed it much more when I did a uh, secondary full watch through of the, the special. I think there are a lot of great elements, some elements in there that make me want to go and do some research uh, of some of these historical figures, which <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting. There were parts of it that, that felt forced. You may know what I'm talking about. And of course, we'll talk about it. But yeah, I don't think I was too high on this one. Uh, just meh. Mm, meh. Meh. For me, I didn't go away from this the way I went away from the Vanquishers. I, I went away from the Vanquishers angry. I went away from this more in the meh, but, but meh in the second watching. The first time, I think I somewhat enjoyed it. But I'm not quite sure if you were to ask me, what did I enjoy? I'm not quite sure, other than the razzle-dazzle, if I really enjoyed the story. Because there are elements of the story that just don't hold water. And unfortunately, I think this is part of the course with Chibnall's writing for Doctor Who is... It presents a good concept, but that's it. And it's not well thought out, or at least that's how it feels. Thoughts? Nope, I gotta agree. And, and I had some revelations along the way that I think have helped me to explain it at least to myself. But, but yeah, I, I think we're, 
using different words, I think we're all saying the same thing. There's a lot of um, interesting visuals, lots of sort of exciting things happening. But in the end, did we care one way or the other? Did it change anything? Mm. I don't know. It's just um, it's just easy to to walk away from it, saying, "Well, well, that yeah. that happened." So there is a part of me that wants to say that we're dismissing this in part because it's the lead up to the finale, and that is sort of the first part. But this had really nothing to do with the finale, other than some minor foreshadowing that we get. I'm curious, though, if that was the general consensus, because there's so much hype around what's coming, not at the end of this year, but what's coming in 2023 and 2024, because the overnight on-day viewing numbers for this episode is the lowest Mm. numbers in Doctor Who history, with only 2.2 million. Mm. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, sounds like everyone is just ready for something new, maybe. Let's bring it up to the Sea Devils. And, you know, they're the centerpiece of this story. So, Clarence, since you listened to our review and got your feet wet, no pun intended, for the Sea Devils, what was your thought after listening to our review with Lewis of the original Sea Devil story? Going in and now seeing this thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the uh, as far as the look and feel and maybe even some of the the drive of the Sea Devils, I felt it all was good. I felt they looked great on screen. It was cool to see maybe a nod to the the sword play that we saw in the classic version in this one with a lot of <laughs> sword play. So I thought yeah, they were true. well realized on screen. Maybe some of the execution of their of their motivation maybe was a little off to me, but I, I do feel like they they were solid in this episode. I feel I don't feel like they were the problem. I feel like all of their motivations were okay, and some of the cool things they were doing in pursuit, uh, pimp my ship. You know some of the some of the cool things they were doing in pursuit <laughs> of of what they were trying to accomplish. To, to gain this gem was was cool. So I didn't really have a problem with them in this episode. I thought they will well realize. Um, same. They did have different intent than the sea devils that we saw way back when. And the doctor remarked on that. So, you know, we talked about how it was a story point. that This is very different. You know, I kept wondering if the, the fact that the threat is to the world in 1806 or whatever it is, that, this is one of those stories where we can sort of say, well, we know that didn't happen. So, mm. eh. you know, it's the problem in Pyramids of Mars when we're in the past and the doctor has to show Sarah Jane what's going to yeah. happen. You know, <laughs> you know, time is not fixed. Mm-hmm. This this really could ruin everything. And maybe maybe we sort of needed something like that here because I just didn't feel threatened. Yeah. I, but I don't know. But, you know, you got a flying pirate ship. Yeah. You know, so I... <laughs> And, you know, I don't know. And there is my razzle-dazzle. I thought all of that yeah. looked awesome. All of that, even the swords that Clarence mentioned. I love the sword play, but <laughs> it felt, and again, I liked it watching it through the first time. But when I started mm-hmm. watching it after I got off work this evening, started making my notes and everything, I found myself fast-forwarding not because I didn't have enough time, but because I was bored, you know, and it was like, okay, I need to get on to the next thing. I had already discovered the story and there wasn't enough meat there for me to really latch on to. And I think that was in part because you tried to shove too many elements and too many characters in a story Mm. that was 45 minutes long. Yeah, shorter than many episodes of the regular season, which is, mm. I don't know, but just you could say what you want to about that, I guess. But um, just because the specials have traditionally been a lot longer, uh, this one just wasn't. But um, but yeah, Kyle, I think you're saying what again? What I was saying, <laughs> full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. I, 
I texted you guys, you saw after I watched it the first time and I said, I'm loving this. <laughs> and then I knew that I wanted to watch it again before we talked about it. And I had to make myself watch mm. it again. And I thought, that's interesting. What's it up it definitely that? seems like there are elements I feel like they could have, you know, hammered at a little bit more to make the story feel a little more significant. Because I really love what they did with with uh, Ying Ki, the, the son from the village. Mm-hmm. I thought that was mm-hmm. really cool right. of how, you know, he had this responsibility to be this protector of this gym. I don't feel like they focused on that part enough. And to Kyle's point, there were so many other things going on. You kind of just really didn't have the the bandwidth to nail one part of it down. Yeah. I think we could have done without either Lu Han or Madame Ching or both. Now, let me say that the actors portraying both characters did an amazing job with what they had. I, I fault them zero yeah. in anything because both actors well, sure. knocked it out of the ballpark. I found them believable. I enjoyed them. But again, you introduced a character, and I'm going to talk Lou Hun for a second, whose sole purpose was to have a Eustatius Jericho moment of here I am and mm-hmm. let me go sacrifice myself so that everybody else can escape. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. And and I guess I've been kind of wondering what's going to happen to him because he's obviously yeah. at the wrong time period. It's going to be very hard for him to just, you know, go on with his life. And uh, he knows it. Uh, yeah, I really, I love that moment where he said, this is not my world. Let me, let me get, help you get your back to yours. And, and, you know, getting back to something Clarence mentioned earlier too, um, Jing Yi Sao is a real person and I, I wouldn't sacrifice her in this story because yeah, go go read about her. She was some people call her the most successful really? pirate ever, and that she she ultimately commanded a wow. navy of pirate ships. And and I always think this is the kicker. At one point in her career, she was kind of at a her navy was kind of at a standoff with the Chinese the, the Qing Dynasty government at the time, and they came to a truce and they allowed her to surrender, be pardoned, and to retire with all of the wealth that she had <laughs> accumulated. So. Yeah, she lived another 30 years after that, kind of, you know, um, like Smaug lying on top of her pile of yeah. gold. <laughs> For her being a pirate in that, you know, time period, yes. she lived a very long life. I looked it up and she was born yeah. 1775 and died mm-hmm. 1844. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, how long did most pirates live? Yeah, yeah that's, that's where I'm yeah. going. You know, life on the sea does not in those days, mm. I would think, you know, give a tenured existence. No, you, you ended up at the end of a rope. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she, she had 30 years of retirement. So. And, and it was definitely one of those cases I would have wanted a little bit more of a history lesson there. Because, because mm. hearing all those, those things you guys just said, makes me like the character even more but in the context of the show yeah. you get a wink and a nod oh that madam you know they they don't really right. give any additional information about why she's so awesome no if i hadn't known that i wouldn't and also knowing who she was really the idea of her somehow navigating a four-masted junk by herself is is yeah. ridiculous i don't know to me that's just that's sort of insulting the the real <laughs> Jing Zhao. It's like, no, you can't do that. And she, anyway. And, and how does she manage to get the two of them strung up by herself? Uh, yes. Well, that's right. Yes. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that would be child's play compared to to sailing a ship like that by herself. <laughs> Even as ridiculous as that is. But um, anyway, we got to see the uh, the doctor do the uh, Danny Pink uh, backflip too. Just <laughs> mentioned too. Anyway, <laughs> and we were saying it couldn't be done. Yeah, but you know, maybe I, I, it's weird that I buy, I buy it from her, but I did not buy it from him at all. Let's talk about Dan for a moment. Thoughts on Dan in this episode, and Lee, I'll let you go first. What did you think, Dan, in this episode? Well, it, I, I just I just love Dan, and uh, he's he's quickly become one of my favorite companions, really of all time. 
So he he's always going to be the the gift that uh, Chris Chibnall gave to me is uh, is Dan. I love his uh, his unflappable courage, and uh, just sort of his okay that didn't work. What are what are we going to try instead? Yeah. You know that's the I, I I just love that about him. And um, and the actor I have to say is sometimes given funny lines to say, and he is genuinely funny. Yeah. And I want to come back to that later on, because not everybody delivers comic lines in such a way that they actually land the way the writer intended mm. them. And he's really good at that, that it's it's still in character. It just sounds like what the character would say. He's not saying it because it's a funny line. He's saying it because that's what that character would say. And the result is that it's funny. And I just really appreciate the fact that that he does that. You know, once again, he's in this impossible situation where he could just be thinking about how to get himself out of it. But instead, he, he focuses on trying to solve the larger problem. And that's who he was when they first met him. You know, this isn't something he's learned from the doctor. That's just Dan. <laughs> so, love him. Clarence, what about you? I think what I got from him in this story was the fact that, uh, was it Diane, his his girlfriend? What was her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, she yeah. actually, uh, he actually reached back out to her. And now we see she's had a bit of a change of heart <laughs> toward him, which mm-hmm. it, it, it had yeah. to be like, people saying chills what are you doing man (laughs) just poor dan yeah so i I was glad to see him actually get some traction in in that front so that's what i got mostly from this episode from him you know a great performance everything lee said as well but uh dan was dan i I rather enjoyed him yep you know i will mirror what you guys just said or repeat or whatever what you guys just said I liked him. I think he is a fun character. And I'm, you know, I will say that I will miss him. What I really liked about what he did this time is I have a little bit of trouble sometimes understanding him. And I love the joke Mm -hmm. of she saying, I can't understand you. And he says, I get that a lot. Mm. I thought that was totally funny. Yes. You're not the first person to say that. Yes. And the other thing was whenever we think foreshadowing, Clarence, what you just mentioned with the conversation with Diane, I think we're seeing his exit strategy of how the character will maybe go out on a date or something next episode. And that's his exit. Yeah. Yeah. Not around. Not around anymore. In Chibnall's defense, I mean, I'm always harping on what I don't like about Chibnall. You know, we've become accustomed, I've become accustomed with 2005 forward with the big event type of exits from a companion. Classic series, many, many times, companions just went off and did something else. Yep. Cheerio. Yep. And that's it. Thinking one of the ones that pop into my head, First Doctor Era Dodo. To the other two companions just come back and says, oh, she decided to stay here and they get in the TARDIS and leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> there you go. There she yeah. went. Who knows? All right. So one other thing before we move on that I do want to mention about the Sea Devils is what was the, well, two things, I guess. What was the big fish for? Number one, because the big fish just kind of disappeared. And number two, why slash how were they able to teleport in a thing of green smoke? Take it away. <laughs> well, why not? I mean, what does teleportation look like? That's true. Good point. Yeah. The um, the agents uh, that we met on the original Star Trek series from uh, Assignment Earth, uh, they transported in a cloud of yeah. smoke. Yeah, we've learned on Star Trek Picard that they still <laughs> do it. So cool. So, Spoilers. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly um so you know i don't know but y- yeah if nothing else though kyle i think what what you're asking is how come we didn't see that in sea devils or warriors of the yeah. deep read my mind <laughs> yeah so i don't know it's um uh, they forgot how <laughs> okay clarence thoughts okay let, let's talk about this big monster sea thing what yeah it's still In addition it. to what happened to it, like, why did the sea do the sea are the sea devils like Aquaman? They can control all fish life. Um, 
Mm. At first, when we first see that the tortoise gets eaten or bitten and taken under, I thought we were going to be in the belly of that beast. So like Jonah. Mm -hmm. Yes. But that's not what happened. And the beast is just gone. And we never talk about it again. Obviously, they had some type of control over it. But it still felt really weird that me not knowing if or maybe they do have control over fish life. But it's just it's just it's just I don't know. It just felt weird. And I wonder if is that beast a mythical creature off of that real coast that is sort of like the Loch Ness monster or something. Oh, hmm. Yeah. I had the name of it. I do not know, but that's a that yeah. That that's a that's a the Hoshin because um the Hoshin yeah and and Madame Cheng immediately says that's a that's a myth yeah mm. okay field for study there yeah but see again I think that is part of the part and parcel of what's wrong here is it's giving us something that we see but not giving us enough of an explanation and I think that this is again part and parcel with J- captain jack in a previous episode our complaint was you didn't show us you just told us something yeah well mm-hmm. with this you show us something but you don't tell us anything about it yeah or or at least we we it would have been interesting to see the uh the sea monster you know gently place the tardis somewhere <laughs> so that we would know that it had been told to do that or you know, at least suggest that. Or when she got out of the TARDIS, say something like, you know, you see it covered in slime or something and saying, oh, good, yes. it wasn't damaged or something. Oh, you know, and right. like saying That's something right. to the TARDIS or something. Yeah. And, and I wonder if there's another level of obfuscation is the wrong word, but is there another level of miscommunication here? Because normally there's uh, British slash UK things that get referenced in Doctor Who and me and Kyle are like, what? <laughs> And there's another level that we're making, I'm assuming, Chinese references here. Am I? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes just, just to make it even more yeah. complicated. That's Which true. is cool. I want to be educated on, educated on that. And I find it all very interesting. But yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. That's right. Well, I think the execution of Mary Seacole's uh, episode was done much better. I think you had a little bit more time to expand on the character and you weren't trying to introduce too many new things at all at once. You introduced her. We already knew who the Santarans were. So, you know, you didn't have that introduction to go about. I, I think this was trying, again, I'm going to back to that point, cramming too much into it at once and not having enough airtime to, fully flesh it out yeah can i air a grievance here oh about, please air away about i know we're supposed to be the the people who are always positive about these shows we're now just see, gonna you sit, purposely sit said air a grievance you did not well, say let me complain uh, true true but even though um yeah, so even though I'm trying to be positive about this episode, and there are a lot of things I love about it. But uh, this is the thing about time travel stories in general, and it always bugs me, <laughs> that if you or I went back in time, the odds of us running into somebody famous, <laughs> if we're just walking around, are, you know, 150 billion to one, right? Yeah. Uh, unless we have made a point of going to, I don't know, Ford's Theater on the night of Lincoln's execution. Yeah assassination you know if, if you if you made a point of being in a certain place at a certain time you then you're going to run into the people you know but one of the things that the chibnall era has given us is oh my god you're rosa parks oh my god you're mary Seacole. oh my god you're aren't you madam ching the pirate queen <laughs> really yeah <laughs> it just happened to turn up here and here you are and i know who yeah, you are that was a bit much too <laughs> If we're being honest. <laughs> so, you know, anyway, but here we are again. And, you know, Madam Chink's interesting, but... Uh... Before we move on, I want to cover, and you did bring up a very good point, Lee, of keeping positive. So I want us, before hmm. we move on, to give something that we found positive about this episode before we get into my next 
talking point, and I will <laughs> actually go first. I will give something positive other than the visuals. I actually found myself enjoying the musical score. Oh. It had some swelling music, and it was, mm-hmm. but I just enjoyed the music score, and I actually paid attention to the music, thought it was good. So that's my positive point. Clarence, something positive that you enjoyed about this episode. In addition to the music and the visuals you just mentioned, I also really love, I mean, I mentioned it before, but all the references to the historical figures, because it really makes me want to go and research it. You know, research, uh, Madam Chang, research Jin Han and the lost treasure of the Florida Lamar. And, you know, it's interesting Mm -hmm. things all throughout that make me want to go and do some additional research uh, about, you know, the happenings of this episode. So that alone, um, I think, is a very positive thing. And let's not forget sword fights. (laughs) Oh, yes. Of course. So yeah, I love uh, I love a swashbuckling sword fight thing. So and let's use the Sonic to change it colors. I don't know why, but let's change it to orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that turned it off temporarily or something. I don't. Yeah, not quite sure what that was. <laughs> well, before we move on, I had picked up my phone and I um, it was on Facebook. And since Nicole hasn't been with us for a while. I just thought that it was appropriate since the post that I saw was something about Doctor Who. So I'm going to read that really quick. It is from Nicole, of course, and it says, Apparently the ratings for the newest Doctor Who episode were some of the worst ever, if not the worst, period. Mm. It was even beaten by Antiques Roadshow on BBC Two, which was a repeat slash rewind. Wow. So... I say that to say, Nicole, come back. Talk to us. Let's talk Doctor Who. Hint, hint, hint. Oh, yeah. All right. So, Lee, did you say your positive thing? I think you just did, or did you? Oh, sword fights, yes. Yes. In addition to all the other things you've mentioned. I had forgotten that I had really uh, enjoyed the music, so I'm glad you brought that back up again. It's uh, it makes It makes you want to go back and listen to this episode. Awesome. Awesome. And it was... Unlike the episode of the Sea Devils from 1970-whatever. <laughs> 72. Yes. You can <laughs> enjoy listening to this episode. That's true. I want to move us on a bit and quickly talk about our talk, however. I'm looking at the recording time, and we've been around 35 minutes now. So let's talk Yaz mm. and the Doctor. Any thoughts? And Lee, I'll start with you. Um, not really, except that I appreciate sort of the return to form of, you know, of my Doctor, meaning, you know, classic era doctors saying, I just, I can't. I may want to, but I can't. The Doctor's made an exception of settling down with somebody because that other person's a time traveler and some variation of time Lord. Um, you know, what, what is, is it? Um, I'm trying to remember if it's um, 10 and Rose, but at some point the doctor has to say to a companion, you can grow old with me, but I can't grow yeah. old with you. And I've always thought that was eloquently put and is, you know, the basic facts of the situation. And, of course, the, that's the heartbreak for Captain Jack, too, is that he, he really can't settle with anybody for the same reason. So I, I, I appreciated that. I don't, I'm not as big a fan of Yaz as a lot of other people are. Um, our, 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 our beloved friend Shannon Perry is, a, I think, is a big Yaz fan. And I, I, don't, I don't see it. I don't get it. I think she's probably very interesting on paper. But to me, some of uh, the actress's performances are just way off. They're just not, well, sometimes the script doesn't give her enough to do. Sometimes she's just out of the episode for a long time. But she, but like companions of old, sometimes she just is standing around saying, what do you think, doctor? And right, I'll go do that. So I'm kind of gobsmacked to hear the doctor say that, you know, you're the most remarkable person I've ever met. That makes me think of all the people the doctor's met. Mm, really and his wife her wife or their wife and and, and, yeah and their wife 
Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it it just it just feels like so many sort of chibnal things. It just sort of feels like we know that this is there's something powerfully emotional that's supposed to happen here. So let's put one. Mm-hmm. It may not make any sense or make any difference, but let's just mark the spot as something deeply emotional happening. And I don't feel anything. And I just I don't know. So that that's me. You mentioned it. Yaz made me really think. And I used to really love Yaz when it was Graham and, and Ryan there with her. But she has changed a lot in this current season. And hmm. I'm trying to square it because it feels like it could be the almost brooding tone that she has. And Ooh. in a way, it's in the effort to pair her closer to the doctor. I don't. I can't quite put my finger on it, but it seems like when they made the decision to try to introduce this story to put her and the doctor together, it just seems like her character changed a little bit. And and, okay. and I don't I don't I don't know what it is exactly, but it just felt different. Uh, mm-hmm. And keep going. I'm 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 thinking as you're going, but please keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as the relationship as a whole, I feel like of course it it seemed to come from nowhere, but I'm here for it. I'm here to see what they do with it and like you said, Lee, it's supposed to make me feel something, something I'm not sure I've felt from the relationship even from the very beginning. So, you know, we're all these episodes in from, you know, six from the last season one into to this one, and to me it still uh-huh. doesn't it still feels weird. It still feels weird. And I, you know, I can't complain because like you mentioned, we've had plenty of other companions try or or fall in love with the doctor. And this was happening here. And mm-hmm. the thing where he, right. she says that she's one of the best people she knows. I get it. But still, I know Kyle is yelling. uh what about uh river <laughs> uh so yeah <laughs> what about sarah jane yeah, what, and i'm sorry what about, no yeah, offense get... to no offense to yaz in any way but you are not right. sarah jane smith mm, yeah no. you, you're not you're not you're not uh, amy or rory no and, uh, you know and uh, yeah let's yeah let's go on and on yeah you want to say you're, you're the, one of the most amazing people i know you know Jack Harkness. <laughs> I, what, what are you? And and it's nothing. And, and please, anyone listening, we're not ganging up on Yaz. Yeah. In any shape, form, or fashion. Certainly not the yeah. actor. And, and no, and certainly not the actor. But so so here are, here are my thoughts. Uh, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. And let, let me finish this real quick. Um, you know, and I, I'm here for it. I'm just not feeling it. I'm like Lisa. I'm, I'm just not feeling That's what it. they want me to feel. And maybe it's not for me to feel. I don't know. But uh, added to that, hmm. we get that scene where they're under the water in the TARDIS. And, of course, they've been out in space with the doors open. So water shouldn't feel like such a crazy idea here. And honestly, we get, <laughs> that whole scene, I'm like, why are we here? But then later, when the video <laughs> landed on YouTube, it said uh, underwater TARDIS date. <laughs> on the video like, oh that's what the oh well, okay i get it yeah. now so I, I don't know man because because then the doctor says i'm not a bad day yeah now. yeah and it feels like for and i will say this it feels like for the first time for me it feels like the doctor is really trying as well which i like that yes. part but it just i don't know something doesn't grok okay so here are my thoughts on that i think one of the reasons that Yaz stood out, and please, again, anyone listening, this is not me- meant to be negative, but I think one of the reasons Yaz stood out so much in Series 11 and Series 12 was in, sh- in stark contrast to Bland and Blander, <laughs> you know, because, well. she, I, I, and yes, she was more positive, and yes, she did smile and she didn't brood, et cetera, and so forth. But she was the most rounded out character of the three of them, in my opinion, as far as how their characters progressed. And I think because they, to me, just didn't go over, it just put her up on a pedestal as being a little 
greater potential than them. Now, I'm totally speculating, and I'm 90% probably wrong, but (laughs) there's a part of me that wonders, did Chibnall read fan input? Did Chibnall read any of the negative response? Did Chibnall see people trying to ship the two characters of Yaz and the Doctor and said, oh, well, let me try it and see if that will make and appease people because it did feel like this came out of left field. And the reason I say that is if you go back and you go to 2005 series one, the 2005 series, not the doctor, but you got those little hints from episode one that Rose was becoming enamored with the doctor. And you see that progress across series one and across series two. So it, it just kind of felt like it built and built and built until that climactic, <laughs> uh, the parting of the ways. And then, Lee, what you were referring to was actually Journey's End from Series 4 mm. when the Doctor was saying, you know, you can grow old and die and I can't. You know, we've got all of that that was building, but the Yasmin Doctor thing felt to me like, here's social media, and oh, all of a sudden, here it is, Yaz and the Doctor. Yeah. Have you heard? The, have you heard the the nickname Thaz? Yes, <laughs> to represent that ship, the thirteen yes <laughs> or Thaz. <laughs> One thing, but real quick, that I will say that was positive though about that, I did like that he did mention River, or that the Doctor she did mention River. I did like the line, "I was a different man back then." Yeah. And I liked it more so as I think Chibnall has spent so much time distancing this doctor. I know we've had some quips here and there about, you know, being a man, but not really. And I'm I'm not saying you needed to focus solely on, hey, I used to be a man. But I did like that line. You know, I guess that's all I can say is I just like that. Can I mention a few things I thought thought were dumb before we move on? Okay, sure. Please. <laughs> I, I thought the hijacked jury was was kind of idiotic because, like, why was a jury being attracted? Was it because it was in the curve, or was it because it was a metal? I don't know. And if it was a metal, a lot more things should have been attracted. I just didn't like that. I thought it was kind of weird. And also the disruption of earth that made the freaking stars move around like fireflies what oh yeah that totally that totally happens yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that 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 was that was really weird as well so um i don't any other thoughts on this story itself before we move on not the story itself, but I do feel like I crossed a threshold with this episode because I realized, finally, something that has always bugged me about the 13th Doctor. And I'm a big Jodie Whittaker fan. I, you know, seek out other things she's done, and I loved her in Broadchurch before before this and was just, uh, you know, doing handsprings about the fact that she was going to be the Doctor based on that. But I realized that... This is coming from my my life as a as a writer who often hears you know things that I've written you know said by other people, and, and sometimes you're in rehearsal saying, "Wow, that joke was funny in my head." Um, it's not funny now, and you wonder if you should go back and change it, or is the problem that the way it's being delivered? Yes, and, yes, yes. And yes. just not everybody is a talented natural comedian. It's one of the things I realized about original Star Trek after a long time. William Shatner is genuinely funny. Yeah. So when the when an episode gives any little moment for him to be wry or mischievous or just a little bit playful with somebody, it really lands because he's funny. You know, I'm not talking about out-and-out comedy. I just mean these little moments that are endearing because he knows how to do it. And I don't think Jody has it. Mm. The scripts keep giving her things to say that ought to be funny, and they're not. Mm, wow. And this this episode had a string of them. And it, it really, it was enough that it really landed on me for the first time. 
wow, in the mouth of another actor, that would be hilarious. It's mm. just, it just instead, it sounds like she's trying too hard. It, mm. Well, in addition to that, and I have a question for you guys, and maybe this is better suited for her mm. last episode, but I feel like with the other doctors, and maybe this is just me feeling Capaldi and Matt Smith a lot right here, mm. but I feel like they grew by the end of their run. They weren't the same doctor yeah. they were when they started. That's and right. None of them were. That's right. Very, very much. And I'm not sure Whitaker's doctor has... It, the performance no, has changed. More. she hasn't been given a chance. And here's the, here's the other thing. I am one episode away from regeneration. Mm-hmm. And if you were to ask me, tell me something about the 13th doctor. I still don't know what I would say other than short pants. <laughs> and I don't mean that bad, but if you were to right. say, name me something about the first doctor, grumpy, but doesn't uh, stay that way. Second doctor plays a clown, but is mm-hmm. secretly masterminding the entire event. You know, I can, That's I right. can, yeah. I, I, I can give you, uh, you know, for every single one of them, even to the war doctor who I've only seen once, but I still don't feel like I have a clear understanding of who this doctor is. And I don't know if it is what you were saying, the delivery Lee, or if it is the direction. And the only reason I say this is the praise that we gave her for her COVID-19 thing that she recorded Mm. herself. That's right. But I, while I was watching it the second time, I was actually sitting at my computer watching it and I shut my eyes and listened as she spoke. And I'm thinking, and I'm trying to put myself imagining, and I imagined a Peter Capaldi, Matt Smith, Mm -hmm. David Tennant, and Eccleston all delivering different lines. And I even put just for the, sake of saying including a woman i put joe martin in there as well and i would go back and listen to the scene and then go back and try to imagine it being said as that other actor and it goes back to what you said lee it's the delivery that just kind of falls short and i'm not wanting to blame her i'm just feeling that they don't execute well that's it can i tell you what jody whitaker's thing is I know what it is. What is it? Fam. But in the last season, it wasn't really fam anymore. So, <laughs> mm. yeah. Well, in this episode, Yaz says, you're like a kid sometimes. And she says, just sometimes? You know? <laughs> and the tone is, you say that like it's a bad thing. And I think that's fair, too. That she does seem to be um, at least trying to convince herself that she's a kid. I, I don't know. But mm. listen, listen to this line. I'm going to read this flat. The algae regulates the microclimate, right? Clever. A bit claustrophobic, though. Damp and a bit cramped. Damp cramp. I can imagine Matt Smith saying that line, and it would be it would be funny. You know what I'm picturing? When you when you said Matt Smith, I'm picturing the hand. Yeah. I'm picturing him, you know, exactly. moving back yeah. and forth. With, with, that, with the hands flapping around. Yes. Yeah. yeah, a bit damp, though, you know, a bit cramped. Damp cramp. <laughs> I'm picturing yeah. right now, uh, I'm picturing David Tennant with his big long coat and his hands in his pocket yes. and just, <laughs> oh, be damp. Yeah. yeah. Looking at the ceiling. Yeah. Tom Baker would make that. Yes. Yes. Bit cramped though. One more thing. And before we move on, I asked the question, what is the, other than fam and Clarence may have already answered this. What is this doctor's catchphrase? Yeah. Not that you need a catchphrase. No, not that to you need one. But but it is interesting that we're we're going to come away from. And that's not Jody's fault. That is that is no, no. the writing, front, left, and center. But you know what is coming, front, left, center, all around is the centenary mm. special, and I'm yeah. sure we've seen the centenary special trailer. Correct. Yeah. We've yes. Both all seen it. Awesome. So it, because it's the next time at the end of this episode. Yes. Right? Yeah. So it begins. Nothing is forever. No regeneration. No life. Beware the forces that mass against you and their master. This is your day to die. 
Yeah. Anything you guys picked up on, because in my frame by frame, I picked up on something that I think you both will love, but I'm curious, I'm opening the gates. What did you pick up on that you want to talk about? And Clarence, why don't you go first? I think the thing that jumped out jumped out to me the most was the return of Ace. Wait, that did happen, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that. yeah so I, yeah, that that's that would spark my interest. Now, I think I saw a scene in there too where it was a guy with long hair. Was that the master? Yes. Okay. So that's the yes. two things that jump out to me the most. Have no idea where they're going. I do know when the doctor was regenerating, she yelled out Yaz. So um, mm-hmm. interesting stuff there to pick apart. And it, it left me wondering, Clarence, as we have sometimes encouraged you to go back and look at some classic episodes, have we ever looked at anything with Tegan Jovanka? No, but we need to. Yeah, we need to find a good Tegan because apparently it's the return of Ace and Tegan. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, I, and I'm all for that. I just want to know what, it's easy to get excited about things like that and then be disappointed. Yeah. David Suchet <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and some other actors who have turned up on the show. I, I, I guess I'm still pouting about the fact that I said, wow, Derek Jacoby is going to be the master. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but he was for, a well, he was, moment. he was for a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm so happy to see Tegan and Ace If you watch the BBC version of the trailer, I think it is about six or eight uh, seconds longer than than the one that's on BBC America. So there's actually a scene with Tegan and Ace on the phone with each other, I believe, where one is saying, it's been four decades uh, for me since I've seen the doctor and Ace follows up and says, it's been three decades for me. You know, that interchange was good. But if you pause that version, like I said, the BBC version, at 24 seconds, and you very, very slowly go frame by frame, because it's literally only just a blink and you miss it. But there is Mm. a scene that I think after Resurrection or Remembrance of the Daleks that we reviewed Mm. that I think we will love because Ace looks to have a baseball bat and she's by a Dalek. That is a must. Bring out the bat. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yep. So that the baseball bat of wrestling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that was cool. Oh, and the the regeneration effect looks pretty cool. The way they have the energy coming off of the doctor. Yeah. Yes. That's right. It's got it's got some yeah. curly cues in it. That that looked very very good. Really really nice look there. Interesting thing about the master. I noticed there is a scene in the first part of the trailer where he is clean shaven with short hair. And then Mm -hmm. what you referred to later, Clarence, where he has the beard with the long hair. So some time has passed for him. Well, yeah, that may or may not be later in the episode. You know, we we don't know. True. It could be earlier in the episode, for all we know. I did see there is a glimpse of Yaz in the TARDIS, and she's holding a gun on someone. So that's interesting. Yes. She is a copper, you she know. She is it's a copper, yes, forget. indeed. <laughs> I think this is just, you know, the master taunting. He does say, welcome to the end of your existence. And one thing that we, none of us have mentioned yet, we do see the return of Vendor. Yep, we do, yeah. Yes. Standing in front of the TARDIS. And so, Do we think anybody from this era is moving forward? Do we think Yaz goes forward or it's clean slate? Clean house, doing something totally different. I think clean house. What do you say, Lee? Yeah, yeah, that, that's that been my assumption. And maybe this is just knowing timing that they've got to release it eventually sooner rather than later. I hear that we will be getting, I've read, not here, I've read that we will be getting the reveal of the name at some point sooner rather than later. Mm. I, and that the name meaning the 14th Doctor, what I did not see in this trailer was Joe Martin's Fugitive Doctor, but the appearance of Vendor makes me go back to wondering, is that Doctor in disguise? Hmm. Vendor or his wife? You mean yeah. uh, Bell Pepper? Yeah, mm-hmm. Bell. yeah. just no. Bell. Just Bell. <laughs> well, I didn't like that character, so she's still Bell Pepper. I see. 
No, I think the their baby is going to be the doctor. Ah, okay. No, no, no. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Forget that. I have wondered if just to mix things up, that this episode might end with the doctor uh, flaming out, and that's the end of the episode. That's a possibility. I, I would actually kind of like be that. a very master like ending. Hmm. Mm, that's true. Yeah. yeah. That would, but but that's but right. that would be if you. If you look at it from a mere technical slash business point of mm-hmm. view, if you do that, that creates that anticipation of seeing the next doctor. Even if you find out who he or she may be, mm-hmm. it's that we haven't gotten that reveal yet, so we're yearning for it. Yeah. yeah. Make them wait. I, I can't imagine what it was like when we saw... Uh... Patrick Troughton to sort of fade away into nothingness. And that was the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And then when the show came back, it was in color and on film. And <laughs> and then the TARDIS door opens and somebody fell out. We didn't even get a good look at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, it really dragged out to John Pertwee's reveal. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'd enjoy that happening again. Yeah, that would be. It's cool. funny that you bring it up because you guys have talked about that as a means to fit Joe Martin Doctor in. That's right. Mm-hmm. We don't know what happened between two and three. But maybe we'll find out. Maybe we will find out that the doctor was hearing the master, you know, or hearing things that weren't nice, you know, timeless child. And maybe mm-hmm. it was all just a lie. Who knows? That's the, true. The master wouldn't lie. But you know what the master would no. do? The master would give his favorite quote. So I will ask you. What were your favorite quotes of this episode? And Lee, I'll start with you. Did you have a favorite quote? I did. I just love the fact that uh, the doctor cried out, sea devil. And the sea devil responded, land parasite. (laughs) Good stuff. Because we had just been talking last week about, uh, well, surely they don't call themselves sea devils. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Well said. Yes. Runner up, of course. No ship, Sherlock. <laughs> so I will go ahead and say before I move to Clarence, that was my favorite quote. I know it was. Mm. I know it's low hanging fruit, but that yes. was my favorite uh, quote. <laughs> Clarence, what say you? Once again, Dan makes my list, and it was the conversation between Jihan and Dan Lewis, where Jihan says, "Where did you learn to deal with your enemies like that? You should meet my mom." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, formidable Good image. Stuff. Clarence, favorite scene? Oh, man. I don't know if I just had an outright favorite scene in this episode. If if I had to pick one, probably the um, the the swashbuckle at the end, near the end, where the doctor is going toe-to-toe. I thought that was pretty interesting. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that would be it. Mm-hmm. All right. I will go ahead and say my favorite scene was more of a visual, even though I did like the ships and I thought all that was done well. There was something about the statue and the angle of the way they presented it with the sea devil holding a person in its hand. It just looked towering. I don't know. Something about that just looked cool. So that will be my favorite scene. Lee, what about you? Yeah, I I wondered if, in fact, in this... um in this story, the sea devils were going to be, you know, 20 feet tall. It, the scale was thrown off by the, the, the figure of the person that the, the sea devil's holding was, you know, like 18 inches long or whatever. Anyway, uh, for me, easy favorite scene. I loved uh, the doctor and Yaz just gazing upon the wonders of the ocean floor. Clarence is right. That doesn't really make a lot of sense, but, um, but I just thought it was surpassingly yeah. beautiful. And the doctor says, what a universe. What a planet. Mm. Just when you think you've seen the lot, there's something like this. And it's true. I, you know, there are corners of this earth where I just turn around and go, wow, what, <laughs> what a world we live yeah, in. What indeed. a place. So there you go. Yeah. Mm. So if you were to give it a final rating, Lee Shackelford, what would you give it? Well, that's the scene where the doctor says she's not a bad date, but I would argue with her about this episode or, or the entire so, uh, episode not uh, yes the entire episode i would uh i i'm gonna give it uh three bad dates ooh, out of five ooh. three bad dates out of five 
Yeah. Clarence Brown, what say ye? I'm going to give this one 3.2 Ocean Demons out of five. Mm. Mm. I'm going to go meta just because I have to have a little snark here. I've been so nice Mm. throughout the entire episode. So I'm going to give it three, one more Chipnolds out of five. Mm. Oh, God. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding. All right. So, gentlemen, we have reached the end of our review. And as always, thank you for joining me and for everyone listening. Thank you for listening with us and let us know what you thought. Did you love this episode? Did you disagree? Did you agree? Let us know and we will include that in an upcoming review. And as always, we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com.